Philip French of The Guardian calls this movie an orgy of crudity that could only appeal to adolescents too young to be admitted. Tim Roby of The Daily Telegraph points out that nothing anyone does in this movie makes any sense. And Robbie Collin of News of the World says, Hall fail. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Hall Pass. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. What's happening? Greetings, Dan. How are you? Greetings, John. Greetings, John. <laughs> I'm doing well. It is a it is a Friday night as we're recording this. It's we been... really know how to tear it up on a Friday night. We we really do. We uh, we're I guess we're like the real version of 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 Hall Pass. Like this is it. Oh. Uh, well. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. Uh, I did, before we recorded, uh, watch the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is, it's interesting, you know, seeing these spinoff TV shows from these movies. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking about how, like, that's one of the things that we would talk about doing, like, for an idea on this podcast would be you know, to take a character or two and give them a series. So uh, that was kind of fun. And I watched the, uh, the the new cut, the Snyder cut of Justice League over the course of the past oh, couple of days. Okay, what's your take on it? Well, it, I'm, I'm bringing it up because this is something that ties into what we talk about. Another, another way to bring back a property is... And this one is really brought on by the fans, uh, is to release this Zack Snyder director's cut of a movie that came out in 2017, Justice League. That was not good, and uh, that he had initially direct was directing. He was directing to, uh, Joss Whedon well, and chose to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting to watch knowing that this is something that like you know because the fans demanded it eventually it was just like you know what okay let's make this happen there was going to be a series and then they just kind of made it all one big four hour long thing and i don't remember i know i watched justice league shortly after it came out but i don't really remember much about it but i this is just my opinion it was the Snyder Cut is bad. It's just like, I could not stop rolling my eyes. They were hurting two hours in, which is only halfway through. And uh, it's just, it's silly. It's ridiculous. And it's like, the CGI looks bad. And it's just perplexing. But anyway, that's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure that there are people there who are enjoying it. That is not what I'm hearing so much, but I'm sure there are some people who are enjoying it. I honestly, I feel like there's such an, a saturation of superhero comic, you know, Marvel universe, DC universe, and 
there's so much. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm going to, all right. So, I mean, I haven't seen the Snyder cut. I saw the JJ Abrams version, which I was like, uh, or not JJ Abrams. Sorry. Joss Joss Whedon. Whedon. Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. Sorry. Um, and I I was like, but maybe it's just me, but I feel like, DC characters were whereas the Marvel characters, some of them work really well on their on their own. Yeah. You know, sometimes they really work well. They complement each other. And um, I feel like the DC characters, they kind of have their standalone thing. And it's too much to me. It's it's too, like the comic books. You can go crazy. You can do anything. You could have, you know, Bat Batman fights Superman. Like o- old Batman fights young Batman yeah. fights Superman fights Lex Luthor. Like you could do all that shit. Like Scooby Doo and Batman team up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I don't know which which year. I I'm assuming because Scooby Doo uh, is on HBO Max that it is. Um, it is part of the DC universe. Yeah. So <laughs> the Warner uh, universe, the Warner universe. In fact, I bet, I bet they've, they've teamed up. Anyway, the point is they're just not to me as someone who's not, I'm not like a comic book reader, really. Like I enjoy them and I have a lot of, and I've like read some graphic novels, but it's just not like, I can't tell you every one of the X-Men. I could tell you the ones that were in the movies, uh-huh. you know, and I can't like, Oh, I don't know the time that this happened with, you know, Jean Grey and, and I respect those who do. And, uh, sure. I just, yeah, I really, I've really just started to feel like these movies are more for them than they are for me. Well, here's the thing. I, I had no problem with the characters really. It was the, the filmmaking things that I was like, that's ridiculous. And like, that is so tropey and I can't stand it, but like, okay, here's a moment. This will spoil nothing. I, there, there is a woman at an ATM who has like, you know, a negative balance or like 10 bucks or something like that. And a character makes it so that she has, uh, over a hundred thousand dollars suddenly show up in her bank account and the screen of the atm when the number changes to like over a hundred thousand dollars there's an animation of confetti on the screen and it's like in what world does a bank congratulate you for having over a hundred thousand dollars suddenly through like an did like a toaster pop out of the atm or something you get a toaster anyway but but Dan, um, I I know that. Oh, what are you gonna say? Well, I've, it's more of a question okay. um, because all right. So we've talked about DC. You know, we've talked to we have talked about Batman not directly, but in our Joel Schumacher yeah. uh, month in July of last year, was that, we discussed that was July. It was so long ago. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's we're coming up on the next July, which will Joel Cohen? I don't yeah. know. Uh <laughs> I you don't have to twist my arm to spend a month watching Cohen Brothers movies. Some of them run through my mind constantly. Um and anyway, you're asking I'm me sorry, a question. I totally got off track. About yeah. Yeah, I was asking you a question. All right, so like the Batman I loved the Batman movies and the Superman movies 
And even though like, all right, the Superman movies were definitely still light, like Superman two for, for its time is pretty, you know, is pretty dark because you have three people with the powers that Superman has. Well, also you're talking about a movie that did the same thing as the Snyder cut, the Donner cut. Superman 2 is, is oh, yeah. I think, the first example of a movie where there was fan outrage and it resulted in the release of a a director's cut that would show the true intention of the, uh, the filmmaker. Yes, though the Donner cut is not like it's not really polished it's very like you could you could tell some of the less like you know finished footage and things like that and um yeah i mean i've i've seen the donner cut i it doesn't change a whole lot (laughs) right i'm just saying it's Uh, an example of this happening once before and funny enough with See, a this one, Superman movie. This this reminds me a lot more of the Exorcist 4 uh, conundrum where uh, they had, I think it was uh, Paul Schrader who was making Exorcist the, I forget if he, what he was doing was Exorcist the beginning or it is whatever Exorcist 4 was. But then the studio saw it and they're like, wait a second, there's not a whole lot of like exorcism in this. Like we need more like head yeah. twisting around, spider walk, vomiting. And it was more of like a character study of of like Stellan Skarsgård as <laughs> Father Marin. And then, so then they were like, uh, we need to, we, you know, to go back to Gaslight, we need yeah. to zhuzh this up a little bit. So they just had Rennie Harlan make his right, own Exorcist right, 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 4. Right. Actually, I think his was Exorcist, yeah, his was Exorcist at the beginning. But it was like, it was still like the prequel about Father Marin, Max, Max von Sydow yeah. in, in the original, um, and Stellan Skarsgård in both of these. And, and mm-hmm. he's great, but, uh, you, you know, check out the Exorcist episode <laughs> in the archives. But, um, it, you know, it was like two very different movies and there was a fan, Warner, Bro- mm. Warner Brothers, um, they I, they released the, oh. uh, the Schrader <laughs> cut. Dominion. Dominion. Okay. Dominion. It was called Dominion, a prequel okay. to The Exorcist. Okay. I'm just wondering, I think the question that I started asking like an hour ago was about, are they just trying too hard to make it like artsy and dark and like, and, and Zack Snydery, which is to say like on like, like I'm talking sucker punch level. Yes. Zack Snydery. Look, this is, we'll move on after this, but yeah, it's extremely Zack Snydery. There's people on Twitter who are uh, putting out like, the shot that was released in 2017 next to the exact same frame in 2021. And it's like, you know, the contrast is done up and the blues are brought out and like, you know, it's just really, uh, it's a lot colder and, uh, I don't know. There's just some weird choices that seem like change for the sake of change. But anyway, it just, it looks like, it, it always like to me his and don't get like I I actually kind of liked Man of Steel yeah Man of Steel um, hey, Michael Shannon you don't have to convince me uh, but here's the thing well, it's like yeah. every mm, shot that yeah. doesn't involve somebody speaking is like slowed down just like ever so slightly and yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking of like Batman versus Superman, and it was just just so uh, everything yeah. is so heavy, and and it looks like a really like a really well yeah. done Xbox <laughs> game. Yeah, totally. So so or anyway, we're talking 5. about uh, you know movies yes. adapted from comics. Uh, let's talk about a project that's adapted from Grisham. Uh, we have the return. We the Grisham Jake Brigantz. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is reprising his role <laughs> in uh, the. Uh, is it straight to HBO? It's a series. Is it a series? It it's it sounds like it's a series based on, and I believe that there were two other. I, if I remember correctly from our John Grisham episode uh, <laughs> in the archives, I believe there were two sequels, like one that had been published and one that was uh-huh. like coming soon. Uh, you know, I don't know a time to, I, I'm a time to retire. I don't know. Um, yeah. He's not there yet, but yeah, it's kind of, it's a series based on the, the, yes, this know, is the a time for mercy. Um, lo- a time for mercy That's was that the title that was of this the, project. So, um, so yeah, and it, right, it was a a book. Oh, maybe there was only one. Maybe that was the only sequel. But yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward um, to it. Um, what are we? Is uh, Oliver Platt? I, Harry Rex. Is Harry Rex back? back? I don't know what Oliver Platt's up to these days, but I I sure hope so. I mean, come on, like that's that's kind of that's one of my. I guess one of my many questions here, uh, my second is, are they going to use this as a vehicle to expand the Grisham verse? And is like my vision of a series that like where Jake Bergant like meets meets like a witness protection, Mitch McDeer. Um, does he, does he tr- yeah, try a case oh, up Reggie against Love. Reggie Love, uh, you know, or do they work together on something like, do we get, but like, do, uh, can we get, Susan Sarandon yeah. back white. I mean, yeah, let's get no her kidding. off Twitter. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, I'm curious to see what like, happens. And um, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to watch it. I, yeah. I, I'm actually wondering Judd, if they're going Ashley to try Judd. to uh, uphold the Joel Schumacher style to uh, the series. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what comes of it. That's all. I'm looking forward to it. And I, I hope this, so that's kind of my, my two wonderings is, are we going to see other uh, cast members returning and will we see characters from yeah. so, Grisham novels? And Dan, feel free to uh, let me know if you have any news items or anything that you wanted to bring up, but I just wanted to acknowledge a poor one out for Yafet Kodo. Oh. Alonzo Mosley himself Alonzo from Mosley. Yes, but you know, and many, and many, many that other. we've done. Go to the yeah. archives and listen to the Midnight Run episode, uh, and you'll hear us sing the praises of Yafet Koto. And this is not the last that we, we will cover of his works. Oh wait, well, there's also the Running Man. So Running Man, also, right. yeah. Um, oh, the Running Man, oh, the Running Man. And I've yeah. got one more thing to mention about Justice League: is that there is a reference to a okay. bucket list. Dan. All right. So for anybody uh, who hasn't been listening this month or if you're new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. We are doing a month-long tribute to movies whose titles have coined popular uh, words or phrases that that did not exist in modern vernacular before this, with the exception being The Full Monty, which has its definition changed uh, once the, the movie The Full Monty came out. 
And um, the first that we did was Bucket List, something that did not exist before 2007. And uh, man, right. yeah, the, the more you watch movies knowing this, the more it comes up and you pick up on how commonly it is the term is used. It's just so fascinating. So uh, we're, we'll get well, there. We'll I mean, get there. We'll get there. <laughs> We've got. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's it really is quite something. And and, and I mean, you know, not to yeah. mention our last episode, Gaslight, uh, a movie that has been stuck yeah. in, that has been stuck. In, well, has been I sticking mean, with me as I've been driving in the car going. Paula. <laughs> Paula. But why uh, don't you wear the brooch? So so what's all, what's interesting um is that the the word gaslight has come up uh people have brought it up in conversation talking about other people and stuff like that. To me, like after we recorded and it's just like in the same day, two other people were say, talking about somebody who was gaslit and it was like, oh boy. Uh yeah, that and it's all because of uh that fantastic film from 44. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and and we'll get on to our uh, movie of the week in a moment, but I wanted to pay tribute to the ones that we're not covering this month. So we're not going to cover Catfish because that's a documentary. It's a, it just, it'd be a challenging one to do, but Catfish, of course, is the, the act of posing as somebody else uh, in usually like an online dating scenario, like you're, you're online and you are posing as somebody else and, uh, yeah, coin the term catfish and, uh, another one that you're just, you just hear all the time. Uh, Sophie's choice is one that we're not going to cover, but you very frequently hear people talking about, uh, a Sophie's choice. Um, Groundhog Day is one that we covered and, uh, uh, Groundhog Day, the definition kind of was redefined with by this movie with, that implies the feeling of living the same day over and over and over again. Uh, Inception has come up, and that's just kind of like where it's used mostly to de- just that, that feeling that the room is turning yeah. at a and, and you Joseph know, Gordon angle. Levin is dressed very sharp. No, but it's uh it's kind of like the idea of there just being layers to things, I think is really like what it comes down to is like, oh, it's like a this within a that within a that. It's an inception type of situation. You're looking at me kind of funny. Oh like, well yeah, no, just because that's like not I mean I feel like it's it's more of a it's referred to more of when you you gave you made someone think something without them realizing well, you made them think. See, it. I never heard. I mean, yes, that is the plot of the movie, but that's not the way I've heard it, it used it, outside it, of the movie. Oh, okay, that's the only way I've heard it used outside. Where people have said like, "Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's that's like, oh, you and you did that." See, I've heard thing it where it's been in terms of like a movie that's about a TV show that's about a movie, or you know, like something like that, where it's like. Meta, just well, meta, but a step beyond meta. And anyway, I'm not saying I use it that way. I'm just saying that's how I've seen it used. 
Um, another one that uh, has come up, which is, I think, in a lot of ways, very similar, which is the Matrix. People talk often about like a glitch in the Matrix, or you know, like any type of simulate We're in, We're the, in matrix. the Matrix, a simulation, red pill, red pill, blue red pill, pill, blue pill. Yeah. Um, There's a lot. Of, I mean, ma- I honestly like when you think about Matrix, the the impact of of the Matrix on uh, you know just popular culture in general in the mainstream there uh you know yeah there's there's a few things yeah. that and matrix has uh we got matrix part four i know uh, coming up and this this year yeah i feel like if um and we will the wachowski and, cut. We, yeah. and if we uh we'll of course talk about what we're covering on the next episode at the end of the end of this episode but i feel like matrix would have was like the runner-up um but I'm excited about what our choice is going to be. But also some other ones, uh, and this oh, of yeah. course is not. I mean, the the nobody really watches this movie thinking this, but the the novel Catch Twenty Two uh, defined the uh, the phenomenon of not being able to do something because something else would need to happen, but that can't thing that thing can't happen else. The other thing happens like I can't get a job without the experience, but I can't th- get the experience without the job. It's catch the experience yeah, without so the job type yeah. of thing. Yeah. But um well, that's and and uh so uh, because that is perhaps my favorite it's definitely my top 3 favorite mm-hmm. novels of all time. And I absolutely love that book and it it's just hilariously funny there are times when i i remember the first time i read it laughing and i was like i don't know why i'm laughing but i know this is funny (laughs) and yeah um i haven't seen the the series the george clooney produced series yet but um you know uh and I actually have never seen the movie, the Mike Mike Nichols well, directed and that's film. What got me curious about maybe yeah. visiting that, even though I haven't heard anything really good about it, I know I know it got some good reviews, but it's like it's Mike Nichols, it's got a good cast. It's like I'm sure I would enjoy watching it. Arthur Arthur Garfunkel Ar- is in it. Arthur, Arthel Arthur Garfunkel. Garfunkel. Uh that's actually that's the that's the movie. I'm sorry, and then I'll go off. I will return from the tangent. But the Simon and Garfunkel song uh, "Only Living Boy in New York" references bucket list? Art Garfunkel. <laughs> the bucket list. Yeah, no, Paul. Of course, Paul yeah. Simon came up with it. Uh, but it references Art Garfunkel going to shoot oh, that movie. Um, like that that line, uh, Tom, catch your plane right on time. They started out as a duo named Tom and right. Jerry, um, and Art Garfunkel was yeah. was Tom, and um, so it was uh, you. I know your part'll go go on hmm. fine or something like that. So, like the lyrics, the opening to that song, "The Only Living Boy in New York." Our references to that's so uh, funny. Art Garfunkel going off to film. Well, Catch should 22. we ever cover that movie? We'll play that song at the end. That's all I gotta say. So uh, now that we've talked about a bunch of uh, movies and books and stuff that are good, let's talk about Hall Pass that isn't. And all right, I'm going to lay it out right up top. Very uncomfortable to watch. I like to think that this movie wouldn't be made now. This came out 10 years ago. It's And this script had to have been from the 90s. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a like it's a buddy comedy about I don't know getting laid. I 
in your 40s it 30s? is it is it it is a it is like a couple of 15 year olds whose whose parents are, are are going through a rough time decided to get together and they were like this is what married life is like and this is going to be like us when it's us because we're going to have hot wives yeah. but for some reason uh yeah or like we're gonna have and not just hot wives but like you know it's jenna fisher christina applegate who i mean god christina applegate makes everything she's yeah. in better. okay uh right so it stars owen wilson and jason sudeikis this is one of the like earlier jason sudeikis movies he was i think still on snl for a few years beyond this and uh, he you know, he does his Jason Sudeikis thing and I'm I'm happy for it, but it doesn't make this movie any less misogynistic. And like, I'm sorry, but like when there's any kind of like rape joke, no thanks. Yeah, it's oh, just total ooh. cringe. Well, um, there's a lot. There, there are just so many. There's so much of this movie that it is just very i mean when i say the script had to have been written in the 90s uh, i i honestly think this is something that the farrellys had laying around and for some reason got an opportunity yeah. well, to make it allegedly and... this they the farrelly brothers found this the script uh from you know the person who wrote it and they they purchased it from that person for like six figures and uh, I'm the look, it's the Farrelly brothers. We kind of know their deal. They've done things that have been smart. And, and you know, like something like something like dumber green book, <laughs> green book, something like dumb and dumber. <laughs> if it has its gross out humor, it ha but it's like, it doesn't cross a line into a territory no. that makes you cringe. Um, yeah. Right. And something like, there's something about Mary. Actually, most of the rest of them do. Yeah, there's something about Mary. I think that, you know, it's, you know, there's the gross out humor. I haven't watched it in a long time, but. There's the whole, I I, I think the, the portrayal of Warren, Mary's brother. Warren is, of course, not okay. Very problematic. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, I, I, I mean, look today versus the 90s yes i think i actually think dumb and dumber because i think no matter what in dumb and dumber the only uh characters being humiliated are really harry and lloyd uh, jeff yeah. daniels and and jim carrey and it's kind of like the joke is always on them unless it's on the gas man uh, <laughs> uh, but right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's just different. And they get away with that. Kingpin. It's funny. It's funny. Kingpin. Uh, Kingpin. I think has stronger, strong moments. But there are, of course, moments where you just have, you know, that just don't fly so much. But yeah, cringe. Uh, yeah. But it's it's funny because you you know you mentioned Green Book, and I feel like you know. Green Book suffers from something very similar to Hall Pass, where it's like they think that they're doing something really good, 
you know, with Green Book, it's like, look, we're telling this great story and amazing. And it's like, okay, you shouldn't be telling the story. And also the hero is the Italian guy. Like, come on. And in Hall Pass, it's like, we're going to make it so that these guys really do suck and they learn a lesson, but they just totally miss the mark and they mistreat the the women in the movie. And I, I and, and actually, I want to remember this point that you're making. Um, so it, for when we come back later and talk about, you know, kind of where else we see this project, can we bookmark what you just said there? Because it ties okay. in with with something that I was. OK, thinking. cool. So. Well, why don't I go ahead and do a little synopsis, please? Rick and Fred are a couple of married fuddy-duds who can't seem to keep their minds out of the gutter. It's gotten to the point where their wives, Grace and Maggie, are annoyed to the point of wondering if their husbands even remotely appreciate them anymore. That's when they get a bit of advice from their friend, Dr. Lucille Gilbert, an accomplished psychologist. Have you ever considered giving him a hall pass? A what? A hall pass. Uh, a week off from marriage. No. Wait a minute. Are you saying let them go out and cheat? I'm saying give them the week off for marriage. Look, most married men have very foggy memories of their single days, and they, they begin to believe that if not for you, they could actually be with these other women. That's Fred. Really, I mean, he, he thinks because he sees big tits all day long and he manages to make it home without squeezing one of them that I should be greeting him at the door like some conquering hero. Well, maybe it's time to let them go out there and find out what it's really like. It's called the reactance theory. It's a wonderful principle in psychology, which basically says that if you constantly tell someone they can't do something, they just want to do it more than ever. Conversely, if you remove the taboo, you remove the obsession. You know what? I have an idea, Doc. Why don't you let your husband have a hall pass and then let us know how it turns out? Oh, I have. Are you telling us you let Charlie sleep with another woman? I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you I gave him the freedom to choose for himself. And? All I know is our marriage is better than ever. Maggie and Grace decide to try giving their husbands a one-week hall pass to test once and for all how much their marriages mean to Rick and Fred. The week starts off pretty tame for the boys. They overindulge with their friends to the point that they're basically useless. Then, they try a little too hard and just end up embarrassing themselves. Meanwhile, Grace and Maggie are enjoying a week away and end up spending time with Maggie's father, golf buddy Rick, which is confusing because that's her husband's name. Anyway, this Rick coaches a baseball team and he takes a shining to Maggie, whereas one of his star players is keen on Grace. Though Maggie feels conflicted about having any fun, Grace convinces her that this is an opportunity for them to live it up a little. While Maggie and Grace find themselves easily in scoring position, Rick and Fred continue to strike out. That is until they get a call from their buddy, Coakley. Coakley lives his life one babe at a time and was recently gallivanting with Hawaiian Tropic models. But now that he is back, Coakley is their ideal wingman. He brings them to a club where Rick spots his crush, Lee, an Australian barista who he has been unsuccessfully courting the past week, mostly due to his own negligence. But once he has the opportunity to spend a night with Lee, he realizes that this would be a mistake he would always regret. Fred, on the other hand, manages to get in bed with Rick's babysitter's aunt, but ends up uncomfortably pulling one of his old bedroom tricks that lessens his contact to the bare minimum. Meanwhile, Maggie wards off the advances of Coach Rick, but Grace ends up sleeping with the barely legal baseball player. 
In a moment of instant regret, she hits the bottle and ends up in a bad car accident. Once Fred and Rick find out, they rush to their wives and couldn't be happier to see them. With their marriages stronger than ever, it's safe to say that the Hall Pass week was a big, dumb success. So, uh, Rick is played by Owen Wilson, Fred is Jason Sudeikis, Maggie is Jenna Fisher, and Grace is Christina Applegate. Joy Behar plays their psychologist friend, who I thought was actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, she Coakley, was barely in it. Yeah. Uh, Coakley is played by Richard Jenkins, uh, who, even though the character is deplorable, oh. I like seeing Richard Jenkins in it. Uh, some of their friends consist of J.B. Smoove, uh, Stephen Merchant. Um, I know I'm God. missing some of them. Uh, Stephen Merchant. <laughs> I mean, like, look, it, it is the material is terrible, but terrible. the the cast is great uh oh larry yeah. joe campbell as as hoghead hoghead yeah yeah and is there anyone else that we're missing uh you? we're also missing um uh Alyssa milano plays like oh, yeah. a very very small role and yeah uh, oh yeah one of the uh like no lines yeah she's just like a person at this housewarming party for this rich friend of theirs She's there. She was. She's there enough for me to write down Alyssa Milano? Question mark. Question mark. Question yeah, mark. and uh, also Andrew Wilson of the Wilson acting family is also. I thought you were say the Wilson sisters. The Wilson, and, like, the Anna Wilson Nancy. brothers. No, I uh, actually is Alyssa Milano's husband in, in this, ah. and uh, you know, it's like. You know, this takes place in Rhode Island. No one explains the two guys who happen to have the same. Texas accent and essentially the same voice who happen to be friends with each other anyway. Um, but yeah, I thought that it was confusing that there were two Ricks and no one ever brought that up. Uh, I guess I just, the, the writer liked the name. It's so funny. Cause you said that about like the, the, like the Texas drawl. And I was thinking about yeah. Owen Wilson in Royal Tenenbaums. I was like, Oh, they just made him a cowboy. Yeah. yeah i don't know i i mean you think about it you don't you don't really think about it too much in royal tenenbaums i don't think i don't know um well no 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 no. that's not why you're there yeah so anyway uh oh yeah so talking about lee the barista there's also this whole thing going on with her co-worker uh played by Derek waters of drunk history and the whole backstory is that the two of them like kissed once and she was like, it was weird. And he's like obsessed with me turning into like, he is completely and utterly obsessed with her and like tries to essentially kill them. He's shooting a gun at them. And by the way, uh, uh, we watched the, the unedited or the sorry, the unrated version, the unedited version. It's just raw. I was going to say, we watched the, I th- yeah, the the unrated. So there were a few extra scenes in there. There were a few things that made me say, I think this might be the unrated version. Yeah, including the scene with um, Army Hammer. Oh, this- he was the bouncer yeah. at the the nightclub that they go to. They try getting into a nightclub and they give him like fifty bucks and he lets them in and then it cuts oh. to them like. At a hot dog stand because they just got kicked out. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, no, I did not, did not catch him 
maybe I was making a note at that moment. Who knows? But you were just like just- so blinded by all the awfulness happening. You were just like, can't pro- can't even process Army Hammer right now. Well, and the fact that I was, and maybe this is just like, by the time I get to watching a movie, I'm, I'm pretty exhausted. My defenses are low <laughs> and I, I hated myself for it, but, uh, the, but like there were, I would say performances I laughed at like Jason Sudeikis. I have a hard time not laughing. His cadence is just funny. His, his, he's, he's the, just his funny. drunk scene in the, when they're in the bar. All right. Okay, I'm going to play a couple of clips. First, I'm going to play... So here's what happens. They go to this... They don't explain how they know some of these people, and you just have to be okay with that. But they go to this friend's house who's like they're super rich and they're there they bring people over essentially just to show off their new house and what ends up happening is rick and fred get split off from the group and end up talking about the women's bodies and just all these (laughs) terrible things while the rest of them are inside of a panic room that is showing full audio and video surveillance of the house so they are just watching them say all these terrible well they do the whole thurston howell thing with uh ed the guy who owns that was funny yeah that (laughs) yeah that was funny because it it was at the expense of you know a male character and i don't know there was nothing it it was not uh, no racial stereotypes no racial stereotypes nothing that was like no objectification um but yeah but oh my god it doesn't i can't say cross the line that is not an extreme enough word no so they get kicked out of the house and then this is what happens in the car ride home hey anyone thinking chocolate chip cookie dough and a waffle cone Large mouth vaginas? You thought that was funny? No. Really? You were laughing like a hyena when he said it. I was embarrassed for Fred, to be honest. I was uncomfortable. What the hell is wrong with you two? You are completely obsessed with sex. Honey, obsessed is a very strong word. Oh, yeah? This morning you left the computer on cockgobblers.com. I get my weather from that site. I just thought that that line was pretty funny. I I mean, the intelligent person in me is not laughing at that, but the like it's the it's the end of a very draining week. Well, that's when I texted you while watching it and said, "I feel terrible that I'm laughing at this fucking movie." Oh, I I think I texted you during the housewarming party cuz my my yeah. response just to share, um my response to so john texted uh because he watched this a day or two before me uh oh boy i gotta scroll back a while here um i hate that i'm laughing at hall pass my initial response was i'm not there but i understand and then the next text in that chain is i'm there so (laughs) yeah yeah it's like Uh, yeah yeah it's i mean for them, for him to say the thing about getting an ice cream cone was pretty funny. And the Jason Sudeikis cadence uh, just kind of works uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And it's so like, I feel like he has, and I think now he has a lot more of that, like audience credibility, especially with Ted Lasso. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, absolutely. And you're just like, oh, he's so pure in that role. And in this role, he is yeah. so not. So I'm going to play this other clip. And I think I probably cut uh, cut off this audio clip uh, before the point where he actually does get drunk because he says things that make me so uncomfortable. Oh, whew. I forget where I cut it off. Let's find out. I feel like donkey kicking everyone in this bar. It's unbelievable. Hey, 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 keep your chin up. Okay, no one said this was gonna be easy. Even in college, it took 50 rejections for every one score, remember? Yeah. yeah. Of course, it didn't sting as much when you were drunk. Yeah, well, you know what? That's what we should do, though. We should get drunk. You're right. We're too stiff. I know. Let's get the creative juices flowing. Yes. Let the soul come to the surface mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, that's when we're at our most charming. Yeah. You say no to me? You say no to me? No, 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 no. it. I say no to you! Okay, so I just cut it off there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. oh good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets it it gets really bad from from there, but I, yeah. I was cracking up and hating myself for it at the same time. And the harder I laughed, the more I hated myself. Totally. Because Jason Sudeikis is so He just goes off the rails good. and I don't know. He's Ooh. he's fantastic. I just hate this movie so much. Uh, oh, it's so yeah. Yeah, it, but it, and it's so it's so funny because it's like it, it's so it, it's misogynist, but it also is not really complimentary to men either. And it just no. basically is like, yep, this is what guys do. We're either, you know, um, loading up on wings and yeah. burping or getting off like awfully drunk and saying the worst things of the world. And it's so, it's just kind of like, it's kind of demeaning on every front. And there's even, there's some pedophilia thrown in there. It's like light. It's not like we're not talking, but like the whole thing with, I guess not pedophilia, but like the whole thing with the babysitter, it's such a, like, it's such, it's such this like fantasy, like this, this and this again ties into where I'm going with one of my yeah. ideas for this, but well, it, it's such this like like oh wow okay the like Alexandra Daddario babysitter yeah. you know is hitting on me. Well, here and, let's let's talk a little bit about yeah. that because we didn't cover that at all. So their babysitter is this girl named Paige. She's a junior in college. Uh, she's like in a sorority. She's uh about to turn 21 and she as we learn has a crush on rick uh at the beginning of the movie he's dropping her off at her sorority house and she tries to get him to buy her beer and he kind of like has this kind of flash uh of like a daydream of them having a drink by a lake and then him getting arrested and uh when she tells him like, you know, I don't get it. You know, it's like, you know, 20 is old enough to drink and buy porn or sorry, not drink. Uh, 20 is old enough to like uh, vote and buy porn, uh, watch, and watch porn. porn or whatever and blah, blah, blah. blah. And he's like, oh, that you you only have to be 18 to she's like to vote. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And the other thing <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, watch porn. Um, so. Yeah, that's kind of funky. And then towards the end, she runs into him when they're at a club and she is like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I was actually flirting with you that night. And I know you have this hall pass and I'm 21 now and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
she, you know, basically says, let's do this. And he says like, no, that's crossing a line. You're our babysitter. And, you know, I wasn't as, I don't know, skeezed out by that. I guess the... uh... I, I wasn't so I wasn't skeezed out by the content in the movie. I was kind of like it, it's indicative of the like the writing and the mentality in the writing. And I felt like uh, and and this is, I guess, true for for, you know, a, a good amount of Farrelly Brothers movies is that they're very much these they're very much these like fantasies. Yeah. And because it's like, what fantasies, like, their lives are not bad. (laughs) No. They're, you know, fairly normal, at least, like, from what we gather of uh, Rick, Rick and and Maggie, we see a lot more of their home life. Yeah, but we still see that, uh, you know, Jason Sudeikis and Christine Applegate, like, they've got a nice house. They have a Honda Odyssey fully loaded touring edition. Like, you know, they're (laughs) they're doing well. I... I don't know. There doesn't seem to be anything that's a big problem. It's like, you know, Rick and Maggie's kids are seemingly out of the way. You know, they don't seem to really show up much uh, except at the beginning. And well, yeah. Yeah. Which uh, there was one thing that bothered me. There's, uh, you know, they get back from this event and he's trying to like get Rick is trying to get frisky with Maggie and they go to the room and there's their daughter sitting in their bed and she's like, I can I sleep in your bed tonight? And he's like, no, definitely not. And she's like, words hurt. And he's like, words hurt. A a belt hurts. And like, he mentions how he was brought up with a, you know, and it's like, yeah, don't threaten. That's that's another thing. Yeah. That's another, that's another, like, this was written in, and by Pete Jones. It's just more indicative that this was, I would at least assume, written, oh, like, before we kind of realized that, like, hey, these are not, this is not fodder for comedy. This is not something to be taken lightly. And, and, you know, there are, you, like, people, no, people in the, like, you know, that's, that's not that we need. Right, but also it's like it, even if it was written in the '90s, it was still made in 2009, 2010, something like that. And yes. and they should have known better. And another thing that's like a conscious choice is the scene where uh, Rick is at the the health club and he passes out in the sauna, not the sauna, the hot tub. And, uh, you know, his like legs are numb and he gets pulled out by these two stark nude guys. One of them is black. One of them is Irish. And the black guy has a huge dick. And the Irish guy has a very Uh small one. And uh, it's like you didn't have to assign race or nationality that have stereotypes. They could have just been two dudes, any race. Or nationality. You could have had the same joke, the same joke without involving ethnicity. Because honestly, funny joke. I liked it. I thought that it was funny, but it shouldn't. I really didn't like that, you know, there was race or nationality assigned to it. You didn't need it. And it's, it's an old, it's an old joke. You're not, it's, it's, 
it's done. Yeah. It's kind of like we like you could retire that one because that's been so yeah. done. And I'm talking like even by 2011. I also felt there were some missed opportunities um, like with the uh, when uh, Mark Waters, the, the barista, Derek when, Waters. when he's uh, sorry, Derek Waters. Right. Uh, when Derek Waters is, uh, you know, when, when the guys are driving you know when they're driving off after they uh, they get out of the the club i think right that's where they yeah. were um where he is when de- they when where they head the off. barista is djing right and i was thinking to myself because you know that like he's coming after mm-hmm. them i was like oh are they going to have him are they going to do a little cape fear oh. thing well they did kind of and like, have it where he's they, under yeah they had him on top of the car which he was on top of the car yeah. i mean you would be able to see Lame. him if it was under the car. I I don't know. I mean, Cape Fear. What? No, yes, you you'd see the <laughs> like. Why not? Why it's a fucking Farrelly Brothers movie. Why not Go just for it. make the fucking like buy the rights to play that bit of the score that yeah, right. and like why not? Why not? Okay. Yeah. I uh, okay. This movie's bad. This movie's troublesome. Uh, how do we get out of this? <laughs> all right. So, well, uh, first of all, and before we, before we get out of this, um, we have to point out that this movie meta, um, references the bucket list. I guess I still have a lot to get out of my system before I do the whole marriage trip. You know, I'm one of those people who wants to try everything once before I die. And the good things twice. <laughs> Like swim with the dolphins. Yeah, I'd love to meet the Dalai Lama. Sure. Bungee jump? No, oh, I've already done that. Skydiving. Skinny dip in the Indian Ocean. Sleep with a married guy. <laughs> I just mean if that you know if that was one of the things on the old bucket list, I could help you cross that off to sleep with a married guy. <clears throat> what did you say? The Indian Ocean? So it couldn't. When I saw Rick flirting with the Australian so, girl, I knew he was. So trouble. it couldn't have been final draft locked in the nineties. It had to have been after two thousand seven. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but well, but I, I think that I, yeah, part of it yeah. was written in the nineties because mentioning bun- mentioning bungee jumping is certainly a very nineties thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like th- there was something Although else. I do I don't feel think... like the Farrellys oh. are a little. And Green Book is probably an exception, but like they're probably stuck in their their glory days of the 90s where that was where their comedy really, really struck. So I think that, first of all, like the joke about the first night that the guy goes out, that the guys go out. Oh, first, I did. I enjoyed how they have the little uh, law and order for each day. Yeah. Um, But I thought that. You know, when when they're like, all right, yeah, you guys ready to party? Let's go. And then pan to Applebee's. Applebee's, I was like, that that feels like that joke, even in 2011, was old. Yeah. And I will say, like, I feel like they they really made them look like the fuddy duddies they're supposed to look like, you know, wearing clothes that are like a size too big and uh, definitely not anything close to like probably very inexpensive clothing uh it just it worked for the effect of everything um driving minivans the the honda odyssey <laughs> thing i think was funny that probably was product integration uh seeing the way that he 
there's just the visual moment of him opening the door by just like touching the handle or whatever and it opens up like that's a very product integration note where they're just like we have to make sure that we see him from this type of angle opening the door just by touching the thing yeah so well what about the scene where he masturbates in the car do you think that was uh you know what being hot maybe they got a discount uh... for that one yeah Yeah. and sticks (laughs) yes yeah uh I don't know. Okay. That 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 scene was one of those where I was laughing and really just when the cops pull up and they and they catch him and they shine the flashlight yeah. and yeah, I I yeah. That was yeah, another one. I'm like, why am I laughing? Before we move on, I do just want to talk a little bit more about Maggie and Grace and the situation that they're going yes. through. I think that the two of them have a great dynamic together. Uh, Jenna Fisher is obscenely tan in this movie. I don't know what happened there. Um, and I'll, I'll just play one quick clip uh, from... Av- so this is after they have been invited to go uh, get a beer with the baseball team, the baseball coach. We're all going over to the players' digs for some beer and brats. Why don't you all join us? Yeah. Uh, no, we have to get the kids home. Go, go, have some fun. You haven't been out all week. Your mother and I have the kids. We've got Paige. Hey. No problem. I don't know, Dad. We weren't really planning on... Maggie, come on. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a belly flop contest in the pool. Y'all can be judges. <laughs> well, uh, We're in. Great. Let me just clean up here and you can follow me over. Great. I'll go round up the kids. What are you doing? Huh? Those guys are still in college. And in case oh. you forgot, we're married. Uh, to who? Because you know what? The last that I checked, Rick and Fred had the week off from marriage. So, uh, remind me again, who were we married to? Well, I guess one beer won't kill us. Oh, that's my girl. Come on, why can't we have some fun? God knows our guys are living it up. What would you rather do? Make out with a guy or let him blow you? And you gotta pick one or your whole family will die. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I uh, just talking about the women. Uh, I, I had to include that one bit just to, you know, yeah, the to, transition. Yeah, I yeah. uh, I feel like they're completely right. Absolutely, you know, it's like do have fun. Like I don't know what's going on in their lives that they can just. It must be over the summer or something, and they have jobs where they can just disappear. But uh, it's. I don't know. I, I feel like their connection feels pretty authentic and I feel like they have valid points when they talk about this kind of stuff. And clearly they let things get a little out of hand. And I, I don't love the way that they are portrayed when it does come to the relationships that they're kind of forming with these guys. And yeah, because it's like, yeah, she's clearly having this conflict about the coach. And uh, yes, she has given a hall pass to her husband, but there's still an, an amount of like emotional cheating that's going on. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I, this is this is semantics because I do. I mean, I agree. Like, you know, they they have their points, but it's also not anything that the guys asked for uh, well i guess fred kind of did well uh i i mean but 
regardless, yeah, it's it's they're having. I don't know. I I feel like it's it's kind of a tit for tat move where it's like okay, we have to have this happen, but but these but it's almost like the guys' connections need to be you know, much less formal and it needs to be like, we need to know that it's not going to, nothing that they're doing is going to change anything. Whereas with, with Grace to his, I guess a certain extent, but even more to Maggie as she's really like, you know, getting into this, you know, relationship with the coach. I also get really uncomfortable with like, I don't know. I just, I get uncomfortable with the whole cheating thing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I, I, it's when I begin to like, really, I don't know, I guess lose some, I guess, respect for the, for the characters. I mean, she doesn't. Well, yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. So 10 year, 10 year old. Spoiler alert. Actually almost exactly 10 years old. It was, Released February uh, 2011. Right. Yeah. So here's the difference, I think, between Rick and Fred, Owen Wilson's character and Jason Sudeikis', Jason Sudeikis character. Okay, what we see of Rick is that he unconsciously checks out another girl while he's with his wife. And there's maybe a couple of like offhanded comments I, uh, you know, the very the beginning of the movie is him going through a photo, a very poorly photoshopped photo album of uh, his past <laughs> with his kids. And they mention uh, that their mom doesn't wear bikinis anymore because she has a fat ass. And he's like, yeah, well, and then snaps out of it. It's like, no, no, no. And and it's like, we don't really see him doing too much to deserve this. And honestly, the the whole scene at the fancy house where they get caught talking about all this stuff, you know, <laughs> Fred is the instigator. He, he kind of yeah. builds, builds up Rick and gets him to kind of go along with it, but it's, you know, initiated by Fred and, you know, you get the impression that Owen Wilson's character is kind of going through the motions a little bit because of his friendship with Fred and that he doesn't really want to be with another woman, but he just kind of like, you know, it's this, the style of humor that his friend has and he goes along with it. And I I think that Fred is a little bit, you know, more unhappy in his marriage if you had to compare, but well, but there it's also there's that's the thing is there's also like this balance between the two couples where with Rick and Maggie, you know, Rick come they come like equal. I mean, maybe not equally close, but somewhat equally close to s- sleeping with somebody else. But they don't. They ultimately don't. And we you know, we see that Rick doesn't sleep with um uh, what's her name? The Lee. Uh, yeah. Lee, thank you. Um he doesn't um even when she offers herself to him and that uh Maggie, you know, we don't we right. don't know for sure. Yeah. 
we know, you know yeah um but but we know grace that grace does. sleeps with um the baseball yeah. player and, and fred um fred he, he does he well, doesn't okay so what he does is is <laughs> like, what is it called the fake chow or something like that Fake yeah. chow, but I imagine he at least like kisses. Yeah, and like, there's there's some her. there's some sort of uh, you know, contact that is not kosher. So yeah, right. But you can tell like even before it starts, like he's kind of like oh what the, it's kind of like a what uh, and what not the to hell? mention the person that he is doing this with thinks that he is Rick. So the woman is uh, Paige's yes. aunt, yes, who is also. The male barista slash DJ's mother. It's a whole thing. And <laughs> yeah, oh, that's and right. yeah. I, she goes to the hotel because Paige tells her, like, you know, I tried to make an advance. He said, no, this is where he's staying, whatever. And the aunt comes to find him and says, like, I'm so impressed and blah, 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 blah. But Fred is pretending to be Rick. So not only is he cheating on his wife but he's doing it pretending to be somebody else which is like an extra level he's catfishing he's cat her. her he's catfishing her yes and uh, yeah um it's bad here's a here's another thing like a little uh you know logic gap so part of the part of the reason why maggie kind of allows things to go as far as they do with with coach Rick is because she finds out that husband Rick has not right. been at home. Yeah, the housekeeper calls. And yeah. you don't I mean it's like they've been in touch like they apparently like the you know they they yeah. do call each other. Why wouldn't he tell her that he's staying in a hotel for the week? I don't know. Also it's like credit card I know I I mean why am I know look like it can't, it's not going to be a secret looking for logic in all the wrong places also but, it's like this know. move is not your first response you know there should there needs to be at least I feel a few more uh layers of counseling before you get to the point where you do something like this yeah and, well exactly and that's that's yeah that was another thing that that was another place where i kind of felt uncomfortable in general like they really went uh yeah to the extreme but again we're not supposed to expect this to be realistic it's a fairly brothers movie a a latter fairy fairly brothers movie so as well dan on the subject of fairly brothers movies and uh you know we had talked about green book before and how this movie and green book kind of have the the sensation of the Farrelly brothers feeling like they're doing the right thing, but really missing the mark. Uh, how does that play into what your idea is? I'm I'm very curious about this. Um, I guess the only way, what, like the, the Farrelly brothers. Well, you were saying that we'll come back to that concept when it comes time oh. to, for you to talk about your, your idea. Oh, so, okay. All right. So it actually comes down to, as we're talking about this movie, as it's almost like we're talking about the Farrelly brothers as, as auteurs. Um, <laughs> and they are known like, you know, for a certain brand of film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what it plays into is a movie that this made me think of, not a movie that okay. this rem- reminded me of, but that made me think of, and that's Sideways. Okay. And it may, because I think the first thing that I thought about was 
it's like I know like these guys are playing the pathetic, but I'm like, this movie would make sense if the guys were more like I want like that Paul Giamatti in Sideways level of of kind of not I don't want to say pathetic, but like that just like self deprecation. Yeah. And it so it may be so so one of my ideas was I was like I would love to see Andrew Payne, or uh, sorry Alexander Payne uh-huh. take on the subject. I was trying to think of like you know what has he done around marriage, and you know I was thinking about about Schmidt. Okay, um, but it's that's after his wife dies, and that's when he kind of. Yeah goes on his vision quest, which I need to watch that movie again. At, yeah. We at were just talking point. about it recently. Um, yes. On the bucket yes. list episode. Um, yes, exactly. Um, so I was thinking about like, you know, Alexander Payne, I was thinking about sideways and, oh, and the, like the descendants, uh-huh. um, films like that where, and I'm like, I don't really see any, any reason to do anything with this concept, but I feel like if you want to take on, in a somewhat comedic way, the topic of, you know, ma- like it, it also, the movie also reminded me of the seven year itch. Mm, yeah. And so it brings to mind things like that, which are kind of a little bit more like it, the reality base of kind of like the, the routine of marriage and the point in your life when you, you know, and like looking and how some people are more fixated on on previous periods in their lives. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure we can all, you know, as we get older, look back to previous times and be like, oh, yeah, man. Oh, that was awesome. And like, oh, to to experience that again. We're, we're not to the extreme of 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 hall pass. No. And um, I think Alexander Payne could actually capture something like this without making it. It could actually do a story like this without making it offensive and making it funny, but also a more uh, character based and like, let's get inside the minds of these people and see like, what have the effects of their lives been on them? Dan, I just realized what this movie is. It's seconds. Election? Oh, it's seconds. It's seconds. <laughs> they're they're stuck in these ruts of their lives and they're it's causing problems and their marriages aren't what they used to be. Wow. So, you know, they don't get facial reconstructive surgery and become Rock Hudson and you're an artist living in Malibu, but it's you're living a, a new life and you're Coakley. Dude, Coakley. Coakley with the Hawaiian Tropic models, which, by the way, what's the Farrelly's obsession with Hawaiian Tropic models? They that's in Dumb and Dumber too. I, yeah, I. They're I, the only I people who know. care uh, about the Hawaiian Tropic models, anyway. Otors. Um <laughs> So, so anyway, it's seconds, and then he, you know, has remorse, realizes wow. how his his bet, how good his life was, and how by doing this, he's not being himself, and you know, forget the whole cult that's in our archives, our episode on John Frankenheimer's yeah. seconds. Yeah. So anyway, Dan, as you were talking about all that, yes. it was just like, holy shit, it's seconds. So Alexander Payne remaking seconds 
<laughs> yeah, kind of. As as Hall yeah. Pass, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, you know, it's also like, I, I guess I've also been thinking recently, like, I don't remember, like, what was the last Alexander Payne film? Was it Nebraska? Was that Alexander Payne? Okay. Yeah. Then Wasn't probably. It? I think so. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I liked Nebraska a lot. I actually, um, I work with the, uh, the composer, Mark Orton, he does the music for the 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 podcast I do in my my real life, my uh, my work life. <laughs> um, but no, it's a fantastic movie. It's uh, you know Will Forte doing Bruce, Bruce Stern, Stern, but Will Forte doing a serious thing. Yet June Squibb being hilarious as always. Yeah, in a in a serious I mean, movie, I... you get June Squibb being hilarious. How great is that? I mean, but that's what Alexander Payne does. Anyway, I, I was thinking that. And then on the other e- end of the spectrum is I was like, this could also work as one of those like kind of trashy reality TV shows, like Wife Swap. Uh-huh. Um, and it would just like hall pass. And it was like, like these two, like these two best buds are getting a are oh. getting a week off <laughs> from marriage, but so are their wives, yeah. and we've got camera crews following them around. And I could like I, but it's also like I could see that working like this, like fifteen yeah. years ago, maybe not no. now. It's like like um, what was it, Temptation yeah. Island? Yeah. Uh, other, I mean, yeah, really, there's there's no reason to do anything with it. Uh, what what do you think? So here's what I was thinking. I mean, of course, Owen Wilson's been around. He's done, uh, you know, a lot of movies that have had some prestige to them. Uh, You have Jason Sudeikis, who is just now at that point in his career where he's being looked at as more of a serious comedic actor with Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, which I don't know if you've seen it, Dan. It's great. It's as great as everyone says it is. And I'm, uh, yeah, no, I'm getting through it. Um, I'm, I've, I've, I'm a few episodes in and yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a real delight and he's fantastic in it. And what I'm thinking is like, what if Jason Sudeikis is being considered for like, I don't know, a Mark Twain comedy, you know, humorist award, whatever. I don't know. Some, something like that. I know he's not at that level, uh, but it's some sort of recognition, but they go into his past and realize that he did hall pass. And this is a movie, uh, you know, with, with Jason Sudeikis and Owen Wilson playing themselves, realizing that this is a very dark mark on an otherwise pretty decent record, if not great record. And they go on a mission to erase it from history. They find out that... All of the like DVDs and Blu-rays of it that are purchased are, you know, like there are very few that are still in circulation. A lot of them are just sitting in dollar bins at used, you know, movie places and stuff like that. And uh, it's not on any streaming services. And, you know, it's like they realize that they are at a place in their careers and their fortunes where they could potentially have this movie and and what made me think of it was actually the um the gaslight 1944 remake and how the desire was to destroy the prince of the 1940 version and kind of erase that from history it didn't end up happening but that's where i was kind of getting the idea for this but basically they try to create a mandela effect where it's like i could swear there was a movie with 
Owen Wilson and Jason Sudeikis where there's the cover where they've got a thing and it's called Hall Pass. And, you know, and it's like... So they attempt to gaslight the world and convince to, it that Hall Pass never... Yeah, <laughs> they attempt to create a glitch in the Matrix. They attempt to... <laughs> so on their bucket list. So this is on their bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> so that's my idea is they they use their oh my celebrity. god john the the climax of the movie it comes down to it it's a real sophie's choice situation oh, where it's the last copy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then they end up having to inception people by convincing oh. them that they yeah so oh they get rid of it and it ends with them realizing that no like that's a bad idea um, so anyway that's my idea is them trying to create a mandela effect type of situation where they erase this movie from history <laughs> jane silent bob strike back uh it, no you know it's a little different it's a little different yeah. uh no I no, I think that is wow, that's far out, but I would actually I would I would want to see that. <laughs> I, I would pay money it's, to it's, I would pay nineteen ninety-nine to yeah, rent okay. it. Okay. See, it's also um and I know that this isn't as much of a coin to term type of situation, but you know, like a uh, a global eternal sunshine, uh, you know, just kind of erasing of people's memories so uh a couple of things actually before we wrap up one thing that i forgot to mention first of all this is a a strong recommendation for our listeners to check out our past guests podcast i saw what you did uh millie DeCherico, uh, and her co-host danielle henderson are truly delightful it's a podcast about movies you don't uh, have to have seen yes. the movies to appreciate it it's the, their rapport with one another is really really delightful and they are currently doing a bracket for the month of uh of movies that they're running through instagram stories called uh was it good or was i horny and it's all and uh it, it kind of came up because they were talking about a movie that uh, millie talked about on our podcast when she came on for the cutting edge she talked about memphis bell because of db sweeney the star of the cutting edge who was also in eight men out and memphis bell and they talk about memphis bell on their podcast and it's so great to hear her talk about this movie because they're talking about movies from their like high school years that were very like formative and mm -hmm. that was one of them for her and i uh, i got a direct message on instagram from millie and dan millie got an email from db sweeney because he <gasps> caught wind of the the Memphis Bell chatter on their podcast, and he, oh, I hope wow. that I'm not scooping this from uh, from their podcast. Um, but Millie shared it with me just because we, you know, talk about you know DB Sweeney, and uh, yeah, it was uh, real fun to see him uh, um, interacting with her, and yeah. Wow. The power of the fantastic. internet. I hope the hope that droopy thing didn't, didn't you know uh, get back whatever. To me. He didn't see it. whatever yeah. she's I don't think that she used the word droopy on her podcast talking about it, but well, no, I think that and I think that yeah, that was pretty but she much does say me. some things uh, that but she agreed that, but she does say some things that aren't necessarily uh glorifying uh, DB Sweeney. You know, it's not all super praise. But anyway, um 
I feel like there was something else. That's oh, uh, the, my only other note is that one of the other things that made me so uncomfortable about this movie is like, I, you know, when I, when I was younger and would go to bars with my friends before we all, you know, essentially got married and everything like that, it was always so uncomfortable to watch my friends like be horny and flirt with people. And this is a whole movie about that. You know, about showing people mm. do that. And it just makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Oh, I have one other thing to mention. Yeah. In the in the intro, the first reviewer that we mentioned is named uh, Philip French. And made me think of our buddy French Fry Phil. So French Fry Phil, if you're listening, yeah. just want to give you a, a little howdy. And, uh, you know, we, we, we haven't heard from you in a bit. So we hope you're doing well. Yeah. Hope all is well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, shall I unveil our, our final episode of this movie, uh, changed the way we, we talk, um, month. Uh, so we're bringing now this movie not only gave us a phrase, but it gave us a signature sound. And because it is hard to think of, the good, the bad, and the ugly from 1967 without thinking of that that classic music. I'm not even... Yeah, it's so funny. We were talking about... We were debating for a while about what to cover for this last episode. We had the other four dialed in, but you know, this march is one of those five Tuesday marches, and going back and forth about things was tough. And then, I don't know, like... All of a sudden, I just remembered about the good, the bad. I think that I might have seen a poster for a different spaghetti Western. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's such a commonly used phrase that was birthed by this film. Absolutely. So, yeah, we got Clint Eastwood, Eli Wallach, Lee yeah. Van Cleef. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited to check it out. A little spaghetti this Western is, action. This is our first tradition more traditional our western true, our first true western yeah. we had this debate city slickers i don't not a I true think western. it counts i think it counts not a true western but it definitely is in the venn diagram somewhere in the middle it is on the outskirts there's like that other bubble there's that growth on the venn diagram of like contemporary Western comedies, I guess. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what else. Rango, maybe. Uh, well, we'll I, figure I'm it really out. Excited. We'll I'm really out. excited to uh, to watch this one. I believe it's on Prime Video. And uh, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Maybe uh, when I was little. I don't know. I've seen. I mean, yeah, as most small children do. Um, Dan. <laughs> I didn't see. I yeah. I've seen this. Uh, I actually don't know that I've ever seen the whole thing. So I'm excited. I have a feeling that it was one of those things where it's like it was on like USA, and I was like, "Oh, this is a famous movie," and then I probably conked out like 20 minutes in. Like, yeah, that's probably how right. it went when I was like 10 or something. Sounds about right. Well then, yeah. Well, Dan, as time to you- ride off into the sunset. <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. As you ride off into the sunset in your Honda Odyssey fully loaded touring edition with a boat hitched to the back, I wish you a good journey. A good journey.